All right, we told you yesterday when a quarterback enters the transfer portal, the very first thing that we are going to do is discuss the likelihood of that individual being the next quarterback at OU. We have a player in the transfer portal, very well known, has actually beaten OU as a starting quarterback, Gary Bohannon from Baylor. He had 2,200 uh, 2, pass yards last year, 18 touchdowns, redshirt senior, uh, I would love this possibility, Parker Thune. I would love the possibility of Gary Bohanna being the next backup QB at OU. However, me don't think that that's going to happen. Yeah, he's leaving Baylor because he's no longer the starter there. I'm really not sure why he would go somewhere else where he's also going to be not the starter. Yeah, so I guess that uh, Dave Aranda made this... Because I've been questioning this all day long. Like, one, why is Dave Aranda already announcing the starting quarterback and two you know why is he doing that because obviously Gary Bohanna is going to hop in the transfer portal where there's there's that May 1st deadline so a lot of people are giving credit to to Dave Aranda today for making this announcement so Gary Bohannon can hop in the portal and I guess be immediately eligible is is the thing yeah I respect it I respect it quite a bit uh but unfortunately I, I, oh, would OU be interested in Bohannon? Yeah, absolutely. Totally. He's not the best thrower of the football, but the dude has experience. Again, Baylor won a Big 12 championship last year. The thing is, I, I just don't think Bohannon is going to be interested where he comes in and, you know, he really his only chance to play is if Dylan Gabriel gets hurt. So it, it from OU's side, yeah, let's go. From his side, probably not going to be a whole lot of interest. One listener on the Air Comfort Solutions text line says, Bohannon is trash. Well, he, yeah, he looked like <laughs> trash last year when he was running all over the OU defense. Yeah, that's, that's the thing, though. He's he's a runner. He's not a thrower. That's always been his game. And that's that's the reason why Blake Shapin supplanted him as the starting quarterback at Baylor is because Bohannon's just not a great thrower of the football. He's not, but he's not trash. I think mean, they won a Big 12 championship last year yeah. with him at quarterback. I'm not saying that he's a great QB, and I agree. Like He definitely has deficiencies throwing the ball. It's the reason why he's in the transfer portal right now and not at the starting quarterback at Baylor. But he did some nice things last year. He did a really good job of taking care of the ball. Trash is not the word I would uh, use to describe Gary Bohannon. Let's put a little respect on his name, please. Come on. Man, unrelated, every time I hear our intro music, every time we're bumping into a new show, like, man, I want to go fire up the GameCube and put on Madden 2005. What? Was this was this song on Madden 05 yeah, or what? Our, yeah, so our open song was on the soundtrack. Wow. Yeah, that's always the association I make. Was uh, was Michael Vick on the cover for Madden no, 05? No, that, that was Ray Lewis. Uh, Vick was 04. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, uh, I was raised on that right there. Michael Vick, the uh, greatest Madden player of all time, or at least the most fun to play with. Tyler, you really want Gary at Oklahoma? You're crazy. Why am I crazy, guy? Did anyone else watch Baylor last year? You guys act like I think he's going to win the Heisman Trophy or he capable. I'm, I'm talking about a guy to be the backup quarterback at OU. I, I will challenge you to find whoever OU gets. I guarantee you they won't have the same resume as to what Gary Bohannon does. Where is the all the hate coming from? Jeez. I mean, I... I oh, my God. I, look, I understand that he has some issues throwing the ball. I watched him last year, I know, but you guys are calling him trash and saying I'm he crazy that I would 
want him as the backup QB? You guys are crazy. I, the coaches up there would take him in a heartbeat, I bet, for backup QB. Dang. Okay, I, guys. I see. I, I, I really don't know if they would, though. That's the thing. For a backup quarterback, I <sighs> think they would. I don't know. Because, like, here's the thing. You want somebody that can push the ball downfield, especially in this offense. Like, you want a guy that's going to fire at will and be able to shoot from the hip and fit balls in tight windows. Gary Bohan is not really that guy. Now, here's kind of where I draw this distinction. If Lincoln Riley were still the head coach, <laughs> sorry, Mule Shoe, if he were still the head coach, I think maybe Garen, Gary Bohannon makes a little bit more sense. For Jeff Lebby's scheme, I don't see it as much. And to be honest, I see a lot of the same qualities in Micah Bowens that I do in Gary Bohannon. Yeah, but we're not, we're not talking about a guy that I would expect to ever play. It's just a solid backup that in an emergency situation could run the offense and maybe make some plays here and there. Like, I, I'm not judging Bo Hannon as a guy that I would want to play it down at OU, but he's a redshirt senior. He's played a lot of ball. I will take him as the backup over a true freshman. You're not going to find – I just – I don't think that you're going to find anyone that's as, as established. Like, we talked about the challenge of OU finding a backup quarterback via the portal. You're not going to find anyone as established as Gary Bohannon. At least I don't think. Kendall says, Ben Harris is better than Gary. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Another listener mm-hmm. says, he would be our best Gary since Gibbs. Uh, is that right? Yeah, probably so, actually. I don't know if there has been a Gary on campus since uh, Mr. Gibbs was uh, was was the head coach here at OU. One listener says, will a QB come to be a backup for the NIL money, particularly if the NFL isn't a realistic option? Yeah, yeah that could come into play. That's what uh, Travis Davidson mentioned uh, yesterday, and uh, we'll talk to him coming up at 235 today. It was a good thought, and one thing that I hadn't thought about is that is the that is the pitch um, you have right now for your OU. Now, these guys can't, from what I understand, Parker, these guys can't just sit around, do nothing, and expect to earn $40,000 a year. They have to be active and go out and do things to earn this money. But it is a pitch to like, hey, if you, you want to go out there and do some things, you can earn some NIL money as a backup QB here. One listener says, people are annoying about the backup QB convo. Gary would be a better backup than 90% Thank of the Thank you, schools. 832 area code. I appreciate you. At least someone, all right, isn't calling him trash. But noted text line, you guys do not like him as a backup option. Okay. I hear you loud and clear. One says the football just looks different coming just out of Bohannon's looks hand. Looks different, yes. Thank you. With the with the skeptical emoji. Yeah, that is a uh, that's a rush inside joke. Yeah, look at us. We are already spoiled. Uh, we talk transfer QBs. They are all trash. I know, right? God, if, if someone hasn't been an all Big 12 quarterback or an all conference quarterback, they're just immediately trash around here. But you know what, We're, Parker? All, all of this is probably for nothing. Um, I, again, I don't think that this is going to be a really realistic situation for, for OU. In the Tyler, of one, of, one of our listeners has likened you to Colin Cowherd. He says, Tyler is saying Gary to get fans fired up. He doesn't believe in what he's telling the listeners. Yeah, okay. Is that, uh, who, who is, is that Kendall? Yeah, that's Kendall. Tyler McComas, the Colin Cowherd of the Oklahoma Sports Radio. Yeah. My, uh, my Cowherd hot take, I, I just wasted it on a Gary Bohannon opinion. <laughs> so, is that how, is that how the okay, best do it? Let me ask you this. Okay, let me ask you this. Everybody has one. What is your Cowherd hot take? What is the one take you um, have? That would, like, get people incensed. So, I think it was a hot take at the time. 
it's not a hot take now, and in fact, I feel like, Parker, 99% of OU fans would agree with me, but I've always thought that if Bob doesn't step down after the 2016 season, OU wins the national championship. Because the one thing, well, one of the things that Muleshoe didn't have as a head coach that 2017 season, and this was always my issue with him as the head coach, as the offensive coordinator, as the QB coach, as the play caller. Like, he had his hands all, you know, all over the entire game plan. There was no one that would ever or could ever really check him. When he panicked and got pass happy in situations, there was nobody that could come over the headset and say, hey, run the ball, please. Run the ball. We just <laughs> ran it for eight yards. Don't throw it three consecutive times incomplete and then have to punt it away. I believe if Bob Stoops is there for the 2017 season, you don't see Muleshoe get as outcoached as he did in the fourth quarter with the jet sweep to the uh, or with the jet sweeps and the speed option with the backup quarterback to the near side. I don't think that those plays are called. If Bob Stoops is the head coach, he's checked. Maybe they actually hand the ball off to Rodney Anderson. I don't know. He looked pretty good that day. Didn't he have over like 200 yards rushing? That he did. I think Bob Stoops would have been the difference in that Georgia game. OU goes to the national championship and eventually wins it. That's, again, like three years ago, that was probably a hot take. Now, I think everyone's like, yeah, I'd, I'd, I'd probably agree with that. That's, that's a pretty good take. I think my hottest take and it, it didn't turn out to be a hot take in the end, but my hottest take for a long time was that Caleb Williams was going to unseat Spencer Rattler. I caught, man, Dude, the amount did, of flack man. I caught for that one. Before but, I even knew you. That's like one of the first <laughs> things I had heard really? about you. I'm like, oh, yeah, that's the guy that was saying <laughs> that about that Caleb Williams. Caleb Williams is going to be better than Rattler as a freshman. <laughs> yeah. Um, outside of that, I don't know. That's that's the one where I've been like willing to stick my neck out and say something that I knew was going to be unpopular. Um, for the most part, like that's the thing. I don't I don't think along the same lines as somebody like Cowherd. So my my real hot takes are few and far between. Uh, I guess my hot take of the moment is that Javante Barnes is going to be starting at running back by the end of the season. Uh, I don't think that that's. Um, I don't think that that's a super hot take. Now, if you were to say week one, I would find that hard to believe. But we've seen, I mean, we, we've seen it a bunch, Parker. Like, let's, like, go back and think of years. I feel like there's been a lot of seasons in the past six years where who we've tabbed as the number one running back has not finished the year as the number one running back. It's now, very true. There's been years such as 2018 where Kennedy Brooks emerged as running back number one because Rodney Anderson got hurt. But going into the 2017 season, we didn't think Rodney Anderson was going to be the number one back on the team. In fact, like it was week four of the season, and I thought that he had been so buried on the death chart that he was never going to get another opportunity that season. He emerges as not only the best running back on the team, but in my mind, the best running back in college football at the end of that season. So there's, I mean, it has happened seemingly like four, four years or so in the past seven where that's happened. Like, okay, Eric Gray, I would project him as the number one guy. I wouldn't be shocked if J- Javante Barnes leads in, in rushing yards. Air Cover Solutions text line, Tyler sounds like Bud Elliott. No, okay, no, uh, that's that- mean. That's mean. <laughs> I, was, I was okay with the cow turd reference, but you're going to throw out Bud Elliott? Come on. I love this Blow one. Blow the belt. I'd rather have Jaron Kanick as backup quarterback. Do that. Yes. I, yes. There's no Please, experience Lord. there. Just do that one. Please, Lord. But I, I I just want Jaron Kanick in a wildcat package once. Just one, like one snap a game, put Jaron Kanick in at quarterback. 
Yeah, I just run the Wildcat all the way down the field. You that might dude's be, freaking undeniable. You may be good enough to do that. Uh, if DeMarco plays in the 2008 Natty, we win. Um, now nah, that's not a hot take at all. I think that's universally believed by all OU fans. And seeing as how many times they got shut down inside the five-yard line that night in Miami, I would dare to say it's pretty close to a fact, Parker, that OU beats Florida in Tim Tebow if DeMarco Murray doesn't get hurt on the opening kickoff of the Big 12 championship game. My hot take is probably with anyone other than Kyler Murray at quarterback in 2018, I think Oklahoma's a seven-win team. <laughs> like, no, no joke. I've, I mean, with as many close games as they played that year, uh, they probably lose to Army. They did lose to Texas. They may lose to Kansas. Kansas was a dogfight that day. Kansas put up 40 points. Uh, Tech Army. was a close game. OSU was a close game. West Virginia was a close game. There's there's seven games right there. There's yeah, like you, you look at every single one of those games on the schedule that year, like, man. I, I will – I'll do this today. I'll I'll take some hot takes. Now, but make them hot. Like, come on. DeMarco plays in the 2008 Natty and OU wins. That, I don't, that's not, not, not a super really a hot, hot take. take. Like, no. give, give, me a, give me a hot take here. And I hope our buddy Travis Davidson is listening because I will be going to him for his uh, OU hot take. I'm trying to see. Now I'm going to have to, in the break, I'm going to have to dig through the reserves of my memory for some of the OU-related hot takes I've had over the years. Probably... Uh, I don't know if this was a hot take, but probably the worst take I've ever had was, man, I was convinced that RG3 was leaps and bounds better than Andrew Luck when those two guys were the top two quarterbacks in the draft. Like, man, there's no there's no way Andrew Luck's going to outperform RG3 at the professional level. Well, after and, year one, it was looking pretty good. Yeah, after least. year one, it looked great. Thereafter, <laughs> I, that thing, that thing nosedive. Um, the hottest take would be that neither of those guys would be in the league, what, seven, eight years after they got drafted? I know. Right? That would have been the, the hottest take of all. Oh, somebody uh, says Lincoln Riley will be coaching at UTEP in 2025. Oh, that, yeah, okay. That yeah, is a hot yes, take. Yes. I like that one. Acceptable. I love that one. Acceptable hot take. I I love God. That would make my heart so happy if he was in El Paso. I'm sure El Paso is a great uh, city, but not a great city for college football. <sighs> Colt McCoy doesn't get hurt at the beginning of the Texas Alabama game, and Texas wins another national championship. Uh, yes. Yeah. Another pretty popular thought with that. Um, Bama was was it? No, it was a close game when Colt got hurt. I I don't know. Yeah, I think Texas was leading at the time. Yeah, uh, who was it? Jordan Shipley. Still, even with Garrett Gilbert at quarterback, was going off that day. Uh, Jordan Shipley kept Texas in that game and brought him to a chance. To I love back. this one. Landry Jones cost OU the 2010 national title because of his 2009 Sun Bowl performance. We would have gotten Cam Newton. Um, Is that why OU didn't get Cam Newton? Or did OU not get Cam Newton because uh, they didn't want to play the game as much as Auburn and Mississippi State did? Because <laughs> it's pretty obvious that Auburn uh, paid Cam Newton for his services to play quarterback. Maybe it has something to do with the Sun Bowl, but uh, I feel like it has more to do with cash there. All right, we'll take a break. Keep it coming on the Air Comfort Solutions text line. 405-651-3439. More football, more recruiting on the other side. We're the Homeless Center fans.
Locked in with McComas and Thune, live on the ref for the home of Sooner fans. Travis Davidson joining us next segment. This hour is brought to you by Elite Roofing Systems. They're servicing all of Oklahoma's roofing needs. Let Craig Cox and the team at Elite Roofing put over three decades of experience to work for you. Free quotes, bonded and insured, affordable pricing. Give Elite Roofing Systems a call today. 405-361-3094. That's their OKC office, Tulsa, 918 918- 984-5475, EliteRoofing.com. You just want to read off a bunch of hot takes? Oh, I would segment? love to. All right. Uh, after watching the first fall practice in 2003, I said, if Jason White plays like this all fall, he will win the Heisman. Believe it or not, that was hot then, as fans were calling for Brent Rawls to be the starter after Jason looked terrible in the spring. Man, Brent Rawls, Brent Rawls was still on campus then? I cannot remember when he fell out of the back of a pickup truck (laughs) when that happened. Uh, But I do feel like it was right around that time. Uh, Britt Rawls out of Shreveport, Louisiana. But, yeah, that was was a super – it was a hot take to say that he was going to win the Heisman. It was probably a hot take to say that he was going to be able to play the entirety of the 2003 season, seeing after the uh, the previous two years he had season-ending injuries. So, yeah, I'd say that that was a pretty hot take at the time. Nice call on that one. Brent Rawls. I, I want to say he went to Louisiana Tech then, and I don't think he ever played there. I don't think he ever played a snap. Uh, hot take. Mule Shoe will petition the NCAA to make football just seven on seven <laughs> so he can actually win something, but he'll say it's for player safety. Oh, come on. You guys really think he'll win a national championship even if it's just seven on seven? I mean, it does eliminate maybe the most important position on the field, defensive line and offensive line. But Muleshoe will still be giving up big plays over the top. Don't you worry about that. Hot take. Muleshoe created a quarterback controversy because he knew he was leaving. I don't really buy that because he actually did the opposite in August. Usually August was where he'd start to sell us all on there being a battle between Kyler Murray and freaking Austin Kendall or Spencer Rattler and Tanner Mordecai. But no, he never talked up the battle between Rattler and Caleb Williams. How about this one? Bama is not the dynasty they are today if OU wins the 2008 National Championship. I'll add on to that one. Okay. Maybe they're not the dynasty they are today. I don't know, man. Saban was going to eventually win at some point. But but maybe it takes them a little bit while to get going because that was pretty much – I think winning the 08 National Championship was pretty much a non-factor for Alabama. But maybe what was a factor for Alabama in 09 – when they won their first title with Saban, is the fact that Sam Bradford got hurt twice. Jermaine Gresham never played a down. The offensive line injuries were, golly, man, all over the place that year. Um, I would, I, I don't know, that, that one's hard for me to get. I, I think Bama at some point still rattles off a bunch of championships. But I think I understand your point. If OU wins 08 in 08, they really capitalize in recruiting and they really, really uh, take off after that await season. Maybe, but I, I still think Alabama would have been a power. Florida Sooner here from New Smyrna Beach, Florida. My hot take that was completely wrong was this. After seeing Sam Bradford in high school, when he committed to OU, I said if he was the starting quarterback, OU was in trouble. Yeah, that wasn't a great take. OU was good in 07. When he was the quarterback, and they were uh, great in 08, elite offensively in 08 with him at quarterback. 
But I do appreciate people admitting when they were wrong about things. I like that. I like that a lot. Kendall says, not a hot take. Oklahoma is about to beat Texas for a Big 12 championship in men's golf. Yeah, uh, I think they are two shots up right now. They are two shots up through 17 holes. So, barring something catastrophic, OU is going to win the Big 12 championship at uh, Whispering Pines in Trinity, Texas. So, nice job to uh, Ryan Hibble and the staff uh, for hopefully finishing this thing off and, and winning another Big 12 championship. That's great. Okay, uh, quick question. Let's just address this real quick. One listener asks, Parker, J.R. Sandlin tweeted out five locks this weekend. Do you have any good guesses as to who they are? Four of them are the players that are already committed. Ashton Cozart, Josh Bates, Eric McCarty, Jackson Arnold. The fifth is your silent commit. And yes, there is one. There is a silent commit at this time. 23 or 24 class? 23. Ooh, okay. Yeah. So there you go. That's all I'm going to say because if I told you who it was, it wouldn't be silent anymore. But yes, there is a silent commit. Hey, you had a uh, you had an article on uh, OU Insider resetting the board for Oklahoma in the class of 2023, and you don't have to give away like all that information. I know it's VIP stuff on OUinsider.com. Um, but what what were some of the, kind of the nuggets that you had in in, in that article? Yeah, uh, for those curious about what the board looks like for Oklahoma in the class of 2023, I'd encourage you to go purchase a VIP subscription at OUinsider.com. It is well worth the monthly fee, and you can actually jump on board today with a seven-day free trial if you like it after seven days and you want to keep rolling, then great. If not, then... You can go your merry way, no hard feelings. But, uh, yeah, so I took some time last night to kind of break down all of the targets that are at the top of the priority list for Oklahoma position by position. And obviously there's not a whole lot of guessing to do with some of those position groups, i.e. quarterback. Right, Oklahoma's not going to offer another quarterback in the class of 2023. They're not going to have a reason to because you got Jackson Arnold. But with some positions like edge – tight end, even offensive line, folks have a lot of questions as to who Oklahoma's legitimately pursuing, who's feeling Oklahoma more so than their peers, and uh, kind of gave brief, uh, perfunctory answers to a lot of those questions uh, in that article at OUinsider.com. As far as when everything starts to roll downhill for OU, you know, you can kind of pick out guys in this class, and you don't even have to be uh, diehard recruiting fan to kind of pick out who are some of the more likely candidates to, to commit to Oklahoma in the coming months. Caden Green's high on that list. Sure. Dylan Edwards is high on that list, although I do think Oregon's a team to watch there. Uh, so I think the ball's going to start rolling downhill for Oklahoma, and the avalanche is going to start to come in probably June or July. I would say over the course of those two months, June, July, you will need more than one hand to count the amount of commitments that Oklahoma that's is going commit, to. That's commit season. Yes. We're in transfer portal season right now, and then we will soon be in commit season in the uh, dog days of summer. Good. Hey, dog days of summer for uh, content. If we've got a whole bunch of OU commits rolling in, I, I approve of that. I like that a lot. Uh, I, I'm sure what you're hearing from recruits is nothing but awesome rave reviews uh, on Saturday for kids that were here. But is there anything else that you can relay on, on what everyone was saying that was in, in town this weekend that got to see it up close and personal? Well, most everybody's saying, hey, I'll be back at some point. And that was one of the things we t- touched on Monday, Tyler, was 
how many of these guys aren't going to come back to Oklahoma after yeah. the experience that they had at that spring game? Uh, one more question before we hit a break uh, and touch base with Travis Davidson via the law offices of Rod Polson Tax Resolution Line. Uh, how did LaMason Waller get an offer in the class of 2025 but not Isaiah Mosey? Yeah, that was just kind of something that slipped through the cracks. Waller wasn't supposed to – well, I, I shouldn't say he wasn't supposed to get an offer, but that was – in the midst of the transition between the staffs, uh, he'd already been on the radar for the former staff at Oklahoma, and obviously it was only a partial staff turnover. You had several assistants stay behind. You had several player personnel uh, support staffers stay behind. And so there was uh, – everybody wasn't necessarily on the same page at that point as to what the philosophy was going to be, but – once everything and everyone was in place at Oklahoma, they made the executive decision that we're not going to offer any more 2025 prospects until they complete the first semester of their sophomore year in high school. Now, as far as Mosey, he will be one of the very first, if not the first player that Oklahoma offers in the 2025 class when that time comes. Yeah. Well, hey, let's get to Travis Davidson. I know he's locked and loaded and ready to go with his OU hot take, so I'm interested to see what Travis says. We are taking more of your text on the Air Coverage Solutions text line, 405-651-3439. More to come next on The Ref. Locked in with McComas and Thune, live on The Ref, Tyler McComas and Parker Thune. Let's go up to the Turnpike, talk to our good friend Travis Davidson, at Travis Skull on Twitter. I hope Travis is good uh, for this radio interview today. He was yelling at the spring game. He was at a concert earlier this week. And then he was at the OU baseball game yelling last night. Um, how's the voice, Travis? You, you doing all right? <clears throat> a little bit of honey and tea, um, you know, with, with bourbon mixed in occasionally. Nice. Uh, <laughs> I'm right as rain. Oh, love Good it. here. Now, Travis, obviously you uh, you did the post-game show with us from Yo Pablo in the aftermath of the spring game on Saturday. But for those that didn't get a chance to tune in, And you can give us the cliff notes here, but what were some of your key takeaways from not only the experience, but the action that you saw on the field Saturday afternoon at the Palace on the Prairie? Uh, Something that I found uh, um, specifically on the field was, oddly enough, had nothing to do with any of the players, really. It was Brent Venable's coaching. I mean, just as if nobody was there, as if the 75,000 was actually zero, like USC's game. Uh, We saw him chase down defensive backs if they made a mistake and coach them on the fly, say, no, you need to do this differently, you need to do this differently. He watched every single snap and and dove in. Occasionally he popped over to to talk to some of the the players that had returned, but just the intensity, um, people running on and off the field, uh, it, it, it definitely... You could tell a palpable difference just from those changes that he's made. We know that he can coach defense, uh, but it's really the other changes to the program uh, that that is the standard as well. As far as that postgame show, man, just seeing all the players in town, in and out, and just hanging out, walking around, uh, just felt like a big family reunion. And I think that's the kind of sentiment they were going for, and I think they got it in spades. By the way, breaking news, OU men's golf, they, they, they did. They won the Big 12 uh, championship from Whispering Pines in uh, Trinity. Shot a 6-under today, 14-under. Oklahoma State finished second at 12-under. Texas at 11-under. So OU men's golf is your Big 12 champs once again. But Travis, I want to hear that hot take that I know you got uh, all, all ready to go. So I had, I had one hot take that got on old takes exposed. 
um, in 2020. So I'm going to give you two things. My one was uh, that we would shut out Kansas State. Uh, I tweeted it out before it. I said something in the air, and we lost that game. <laughs> um, yep. I think they put a 38, 35, something like that. Rattler threw three picks. Uh, it was, it, yeah, that was a mess. Um, so that was that was the take that that got me on old takes exposed. But my my OU hot take recently is probably that we win more games in 2021 if Spencer Rattler is the starter uh, than if we make the switch to Caleb. And and I think partly is it's I'm going to compare it to the casino. The best thing that can ever happen. Uh, when it comes to gambling, is you walk into the casino and you lose your first time because you'll never think that, oh, man, this is easy money. I just walk in and walk back out with a few extra hundred bucks. I'll just do this every day. I'm a professional gambler now. Um, And I think what we saw with some of that in the Texas game specifically was, man, every gamble worked. You know, you're throwing it up to me. He's coming out with 50-50 balls. He's getting the tone. Things that – you can't just throw the ball in the air all the time and your guy's going to come down with it. But it seemed like in the second half, nearly everything went right. So I think it seemed like, well, it's obvious that we need to go with Caleb. And then obviously we lose against OSU. We lose against Baylor. We barely scratch one out against Kansas. Um, and I think if we just suck with Rattler, uh, I think I think we end a, a one-loss team. Wow. See, that's, that? that's a hot take. That's an interesting what if because – then that completely throws off the timeline as far as Mule Shoe's departure and Brent right. Venable's acquisition. So there's a lot of – man, that's an interesting little what-if domino effect, the thought that if Spencer Rattler had been the starter all season, maybe things turn out a little bit differently for Oklahoma. But I think all things considered, most Sooner fans would acknowledge that as tough as last season was to swallow, particularly at the end, uh, the Sooner program is in a much better place now than it was whenever we were going through all of that debacle, that whole fiasco with Spencer Rattler and Caleb Williams and the battle that took place between those two for the starting quarterback position. Hey, speaking of quarterbacks, Travis, Oklahoma has now offered two in the class of 2024, Jaden Davis and DJ Lagway, both five stars. They're probably not going to be the only guys that OU offers at quarterback in that cycle. Let me ask you this. Who do you want? If you can pick the guy at quarterback for Oklahoma in the class of 2024, who's it going to be? Oh, man. Uh, I'm going with Lagway here. Um, I, I love his size. He's got a big body. He's, uh, you know, for somebody 215, 220 last time I checked. Uh, he's got good size, I believe 6'2". So with, with him, I feel like I know that there are other quarterbacks in the class that may have certain um, – ties to schools like Allen, perhaps, with uh, Mr. Hawkins, um, that, that are always valuable in recruiting. Uh, locking somebody in at a powerhouse like Allen always helps with other recruits. Um, but uh, Lagway's got, you know, he's tied in with all the guys on the national scene, uh, all the other number one players. He was taking photos with one Stacy Gage um, while he was uh, in town um, and, and posting about number one quarterback, number one running back, what do you guys think, that kind of stuff. I, I, I just – I like I like myself from DJ Lagway, but again, this might be an embarrassment of riches type situation. We might we might have uh, some good options here. Travis Davidson is our guest at Travis Skoll S K O L on Twitter. Hey, are you hosting a Spaces t- tomorrow night? Is that right? I want I want to pub that if you are. Tomorrow night, yep, eight p.m. Uh, I know the coach's caravan is going to be here in town, so it'll be uh, 
uh, a little bit starting today for those that uh, aren't going to be going to that. Uh, well, I think we've already got, I finally figured out how to schedule them. So I think we've got already 500 people signed up for it, or at least with alerts on, which is which is always good. Parker's going to be joining me on that, I believe. Um, but yeah, we haven't done we haven't done them in a little while. Obviously, not with the frequency before, but needed to get a spring game one out. Needed to you know needed to catch up on some things. And now that there's some a lot of news coming down, you know, spring game, we got that momentum. Uh, we'll keep that going. So eight o'clock tomorrow night uh, at Travis Skull. Cool. Um, by the way, twenty four seven released a post spring ranking. I I know that you see these all the place, uh, but OU is at number ten. Number 10 to start the season for the squad. You think that's too high, too low, or is that dead on balls accurate? I, 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 think, I think we should be around 7 or 8 personally, so 10 is not, not too far off uh, for me for it to raise an eyebrow. But I think, I think what people are really struggling to, especially from a national perspective, I think people are really struggling to give credit to Levy and what he's done throughout his career. I mean, all this guy did – you know, was have a better offense than Lincoln Riley's, you know. Uh, and and when you read up on all the, you know, the blurbs about what people expect from OU, every one of them says, well, the offense is definitely going to take a hit. Well, the offense is definitely not going to be what it was. But, but where's the evidence in that? We've got a guy coming in that's thrown for seven touchdowns, over 8,000 yards, and he's never had a season below, I think, a 158 passer rating, and he's, and he's, and he's playing in this offense. I mean, I, I'm one. I'm one to actually believe our offense is going to be better. I mean, we're looking at a team last year that what put up 16, I think, on West Virginia, maybe 14 on on uh, Baylor. I mean, it, it, is this the offense that's going to get worse? All right, Travis. Before we let you go, one final question: First round of the NFL draft occurs tomorrow night. You expect that any Sooners will come off the board? Or do you think we're going to be waiting until Friday? Oh man. I think we're going to be waiting till Friday. You never know what to believe, you know, this week. But as as uh, our good friend Josh Pate said, uh, um, actually Jim Nagy put out on Twitter, hey, we've got all these drafts, draft boards coming up out of these mock drafts, and you always have the same names in different orders in everybody's mock drafts. So then Josh Pate says this industry is 10% creation and 90% regurgitation. <laughs> yeah, it, It's very clear that, it's true. We have first-round busts every year. So you could see somebody fly at the draft board. You could see Perry on Winfrey get taken. You could see Nick Benito get taken um, some, sometime early. I see them as kind of high second-round ceilings, but, hey, I've been wrong before. I thought we'd shut out Kansas State in 2020. So That's all right. Hey, if that's the only time you've been on hot takes uh, exposed, then I think you're doing something right, Travis. All good. <laughs> All good. Hey, hey, appreciate it as always, and uh, I, I know we'll talk to you soon, man. And uh, we might have some exciting news with Travis Davidson coming up sometime soon. How about that little nugget of information? Absolutely. Sure, you'll be hearing about that. Dude, the tease, I love it. Yeah, absolutely. Got thanks for having me on. As yeah, always. yeah, yeah. You bet, man. At Travis Skull on Twitter, he's got a uh, Sooner Spaces coming up tomorrow at eight o'clock. Uh, Parker's going to be there. That'll be a lot of fun. Go ahead and join that if you have a free Thursday night. All right, we'll take one final timeout on Locked In, back on the other side with your text and more football. Keep it locked right here on The Ref. All right, final segment of Locked In with McComas and Thune. Tyler McComas, Parker Thune inside the Brown O'Haver Studios. Congrats to Ryan Hibble and the OU men's golf team. They are Big 12 champs once again. 
They win it by two shots. Oklahoma's o- OU is at 14 under. Oklahoma State at 12 under. Texas at 11 under. OU shoots six under today to win another Big 12 championship. Uh, to the Air Comfort Solutions text line we go, Parker. Hot take. Brent Vittables would have stayed with OU had they won the Natty in 2008. And Bob would have turned things over to him instead of Muleshoe when he retired. I don't know about that one because I think regardless if OU wins the Natty in 08 or not, Mike Stoops is going to come back yeah. after he gets fired at Arizona. And, you know, Brent was right. Brent made the right decision to leave OU when he did and go to Clemson. Obviously, he was able to win a couple national championships, playing two other national championship games, make a whole lot of money, be widely known as the best defensive coordinator in, in football. But he was right, man, because in some ways I think it was going to be a no-win situation for him because Mike Stoops still had all this built-up credibility with the fan base, and the defensive numbers have slipped. That wasn't all on Brent Venables. The way that OU was running the offense, I don't think we really knew it at the time, but you had to expect the defensive numbers to slip a little bit. Yep. If Mike Stoops comes back, he and BV are on staff together for that 2012 season, and the defense turns out to be elite again, who gets all the credit? Mike Stoops. Who gets all the blame if Mike Stoops comes back and the defense isn't still where it needs to be? Probably still Brent Venables. I think he and his family realized that situation and thought it'd be best just to go to Clemson. And and guess what? It was, man. It was absolutely the right move for him. Hot take. Rattler had the worst pocket awareness I've ever seen. (laughs) I don't know about that. I've I've seen some quarterbacks with some pretty bad pocket awareness. Could Spencer had been better about navigating the pocket sure but you know there's there's a lot that kind of contributed to his demise at Oklahoma and I think regardless of how it all turned out for him and Norman there are going to be folks that are rooting for him to hit it big in South Carolina this year with Shane Beamer we have there's a clear line in in today's show uh, discussing quarterbacks with the text line Either you're awesome and elites, or you absolutely suck and you're trash. So it sounds like Rattler is trash. It sounds like Gary Bohannon is trash. Um, really, every quarterback we've discussed today, Parker, has been uh, claimed uh, trash by the text line today. I uh, consider me a full proponent of the Jaron Canick for backup quarterback campaign. Jaron Canick is the new Blake Bell. This is his coronation. I am officially dubbing Jaron Canick Belldozer 2.0. Well, that th- yeah, just that's your hot take is it's going to happen at some point in the future. Uh, no, the thing is I don't, I don't think it's going to happen, <laughs> but it, it would be awesome if it did. I have a hot take. OU should have made the 2000 national title, and they would have slaughtered Ohio State. 2007. 2007, sorry. Yeah, um, OU was a two-loss team. LSU was a two-loss team. LSU lost their last game of the regular season to Arkansas at home. OU lost at Colorado and at Tech that year. But Sam Bradford got hurt early in the game uh, in Lubbock that year. Yeah, um, that national championship was in New Orleans. Um, Yeah, I think OU would have beaten that Ohio State team. And that Colorado loss, that came down to the wire too, right? They lost on a walk-off field goal. On a walk-off field goal. Yeah. Yeah. Though, um, I do think OU would have beaten Ohio State. But, you know, it probably looks like a clown take seeing as OU got drubbed. That Fiesta Bowl against uh, West Virginia. 
but maybe there's a little bit more focus going into a national championship game compared to the same bowl game that they had just played the previous year. I don't know. That's the only time in program history that they've lost to West Virginia, right? Uh, I think they lost to West Virginia several years before that. Uh, with Jeff, uh, oh, Jeff oh, you're Hostetler. right, you're right. It's that, that game right? Steely always brings up. The Jeff Jeff, Ho- the Jeff Hostetler. Hostetler game. Yeah, so I think it's only been a couple times, but have not lost to West Virginia. No, they've, the, they've come close. They've come close many a time. Many of times, including last year. Uh, they had to win on a walk-off field goal uh, in a Morgantown a few times. So they got to, uh, to preserve that streak. Uh, going out to Morgantown this year. Hot take. Teddy is the best personality on KRF. That's not a hot take at all. Mm, I don't know. It, it's kind of a hot take. It might be the hottest take that we've heard today, actually. Really? It's a hotter take than uh, Rattler being garbage in the pocket or whatever that one said. Teddy and Toby are at the top of the food chain. I feel like those two would essentially have to... Uh, uh, maybe Maybe that can be... <laughs> No, that would never happen. That'd be an interesting poll on social media, though. Who do you like better, Teddy or Toby? Yeah, uh, yeah. I don't. I don't feel like that would end up too well for for whatever reason. <laughs> you'd, you'd find out real quick who listens in the morning and who listens in the afternoon, though. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Demographics. Pretty, pretty. My, you find out real quick within about the first five minutes or so. I'm sure. All right. Hey, great show today. As always, we appreciate the interaction on the Air Comfort Solutions text line. Keep it coming, 405-651-3439. The hot takes do not stop just because Locked In is off the air. I assure you, hot takes will continue uh, with the rush coming up next. That'll do it for Parker. Teddy and I are coming up next, so keep it locked in. We are the homeless Sooner fans. It's the ref.